Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. Welcome aboard. We have privileged to have Roger Woodcock on our show tonight. Woody, the casual 267 games, 602 goals, highest highest uh, non uh, goal scoring non full forward in full forward in South Australian history. Welcome aboard, Woody. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks nice for joining. Thanks for joining us, mate. Um, we'll start off. Where did you start playing your juniors? With a school footy or for a junior footy club? No, I never played for a junior footy club. I basically played for Norwood High School uh, right through my junior footy and. Uh, Oh, probably when I was doing leaving, I had a few games with the under-17s. It was back then. And then um, I think I just played the one sort of oh, half a dozen games. And then the following year, um, I went into under-19s because back then they had the was called Colts and the Thirds. So um, I had two years of um, yeah, under-19 footy before I um, the end of that season, uh, my second season in under-19s, I... Went up to the uh, reserves and then the league for the last couple of games. Who, who did you de- debut against? Sorry, what was that? Who, who did you debut debut against uh, for your first league game? My first league game was at the the last two league games of '69, and I debuted against West Adelaide. And uh, With... I remember I was a skinny little nineteen year old, and uh, there was a bloke coming back. I can't remember his first name, but. He was a big mountain of a man, Hewitt, and he was coming back from about three weeks suspension from Biltner Guy. So that was a good <laughs> intro. Oh, wow. Now, you debuted the same day as your great mate, the late Glenn Rosser? Yeah, we did. We um, we were both playing under-19s, and as you know, Glenn was from Port Elliot yep. and uh, Snow at Carmel Court in the, in the country sort of um, boys are all staying there. So uh, Glenn and I were playing thirds together, and then we uh, – Unexpectedly got promoted to reserves, and then even more unexpectedly got promoted for the for the league side the last two games. So yeah, Glenn and I started off together. We had some great players come out of Nord High too, too Pete. Absolutely, uh, Roger Woodcock, Neil Craig, uh, Jim Teal, Danny Jenkins, Greg Turbull, David Palm, Malcolm Ashwood. So yeah, there, there are some <laughs> definitely. <laughs> You're waiting for that, that weren't you, Woody? <laughs> Yeah, no, there was some uh, good breeding ground. And as you'd expect, uh, the Norwood High School, you know, quite close to the uh, Norwood Oval, Norwood District. So uh, 
uh, you know, not even before, you know, in the 50s and 60s, there were some wonderful players that had come out of there for sure. It was a great breeding ground. And, and as you know, school footy back then was, was very, very strong. Very strong. We still got to get around you, me and you, man, Bruce Winter, with picking that best Nord High side. We still haven't done yet, Woody. So, um, so then you you debuted under under obviously Robert Odie. Robert Odie's yep. effect, you know, effect on you and and his emphasis on the skills. Yeah, look, he he was he was an absolutely fantastic coach and and probably ahead of his time. Some of our skill training under Robert was just fantastic. Um, you know, I was only used to sort of doing a bit of circle work, and like we all weren't doing that, a few run-throughs, but some of the skill work that Robert had for the uh, for us was just fantastic, and uh, he quickly developed skills of a lot of us, us young boys, um, and I think, you know, that was uh, the forerunners of sort of, you know, a couple of premierships that I was lucky enough to play in in the 70s, but, but Robert was instrumental in... Uh, he uh, was he was a teacher by trade. He was a teacher of, of football skills, and no doubt about that, he was a fantastic coach. I got a lot out of him, a lot of respect for for RO for sure. He certainly uh, resigned. What were Began you there in Orton. What was your first thoughts when a certain yeah you know, Phil Carmen arrived on the scene? Would he? <laughs> for a start, I just couldn't believe how fit yes an individual could be. He was just. Unbelievably fit, and we thought we were, you know, reasonably fit. But he was twice as fit as us. He used to just run everywhere, every day. We we just we just run when we had to, you know, when we go out of training. But where he was staying up in the Carmel Court, and I think that helped the Carmel Court boys too, because yeah. they all went out running with him and Craigie especially, and those sort of guys. And uh, I think even Winnie used to go out running with him for probably about half a k, and then he uh, gave up. <laughs> <laughs> too, too, it was too hard. That was he, a fit. he was amazing. And as far as his footy ability, I, oh. I, I still think, you know, probably the – well, I think he's probably one of the best footballers I've seen, just his natural ability. But, you know, his, as we all know, his temperament probably uh, waned a bit. Put it this way, if he had a temperament like a Barry Robin or a Russell Lee, yeah. he would have been right up there with him. Well, that's my – that's always been my thoughts, Woody. I've always said – Bill Carmen is the only player I consider the equal of, ba- of Barry Robin repure repure ability, but unfortunately, white line yep. fever ruined that. I've always had that opinion. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know, looking back, I, I think he'd probably be a little bit disappointed with his, but his whole career overall with what yeah. and what he did, he, he he should have, you know, with his fitness level and all that sort of gear, he should have been a three hundred plus game player with all the accolades coming yeah. towards him. But unfortunately, I think his, uh, his temperament just got the better of him and uh, he just couldn't, couldn't help himself at times. He got himself into a, a lot of strife, unfortunately. That uh, Carmel Court crew that you talk about there, we, we've had um, uh, Winnie talk about uh, the, the names that came out of there. Did, uh, did that help uh, you guys, obviously, being the locals uh, and helping the, the country guys out through Carmel Court there, did it sort of create a bond that, you know, is unbreakable oh, it, at stages? Well, it certainly created a bond with the with all the country boys, and no mm. doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and maybe some of us city boys might have got a bit of our nose out of joint, a, a, you know, a little bit. But um, I know Glenn and I have had a bit of a talk about this, you know, many years later sort of thing, and he, he felt that there was a little bit of, particularly in the, in the juniors, I don't think it was 
an issue once you get into senior football. But I think when we were playing under-19s, there was a little bit of, oh, you know, he's from the country and he's getting looked after up in Carmel Court. Yeah. There might have been a, that bit, but I think once, you know, those guys got into senior football, that was never an issue at all. Never. No, it was a good, it was a good establishment and it went for all those years and certainly uh, brought the best out of all those guys. Yeah, that was terrific. Run by... Uh, well, Phil Carman's mother for yes. many years. Yeah, yep. Annie, and of course, you know, I scored for Kenzie as a as a kid, Kenzie Cricket Club back then, and and it used to be a fabulous Phil, Neil Craig, and Robert Odie training on the on the hockey oval, and then if there were days when Ross Dillon was playing cricket for Kenzie, more of the guys would be out there. And you're right, it was just amazing. You just have your jaw on the floor watching. Carmen and Craig, that they were the two fo- fittest footballers in the country and they were both playing yeah. for us. You know, it was incredible. And, and don't forget, Craig, he was probably only about 15 then. Yes, oh, he was a f- incredible yeah, He was about well. five years younger than, uh, yeah. than the other, all the other boys staying there because he came down from you know York at 14 or 15 years of age. And, yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. Phil Carmen actually even held athletic records at Pembroke for – 30-odd years, and there's always been the comment made with people high up in athletics, we're not talking just an opinion of here and there that believed that Phil could have meddled in the decathlete, in the, as a decathlete. So we'll never know oh, yeah, I, as well. Yeah, I've, I've no doubt of that because he could certainly leap and all do all those yeah. things. Yeah, yep, for sure. So moving yeah. back moving back to your career, mate, uh, obviously de- debuted, debuted in uh, 69. Uh, 1970, how many games did you end up playing? Oh, I think I played most of them. Probably, uh, you know, at least maybe twenty. I don't, I don't really yep. know. And then probably twenty. And then obviously by uh, nineteen seventy-one, uh, leading goal kicker, mate, a mercurial left footer. Yeah, yeah, got um, got a few goals that year in seventy seventy-one. That was um, and and Nord were just we were just under RO. We were just starting to you know, take shape and uh, we had a couple of you know, senior blokes like Winnie and those sort of guys yeah. that uh, certainly helped us and, uh, you know, so we were just starting to gradually call our way up. We'd been bottom and when RO took over in certainly 68, maybe yeah, maybe even 69 when I yeah. first began. But then, uh, you know, the next year we uh, we just got, I think 71 we got, we drew with Port Adelaide down at Alberton, and that cost us uh, probably full spot by about yeah. less than a, less than a percent from what I can remember. Yeah, geez, a long time ago. So um, yeah, and so seventy two. Then we played in a, I think a semi final against Centrals. Um, yeah, so we were just starting to starting to move a bit. And we didn't have much luck in that final against North in seventy three, where. You know, walk oh. up, Nigel Walk kicked out on the full and it hit yeah. the wall and rebounded straight to Barry Stringer. The free kick against Staz when he was in front for hanging on. You know, as you can see, I don't well, hold that, a grudge that, whatsoever either, would he? Yeah, yeah and, and I remember that ball bounced off the wall straight yeah. to Barry Stringer. And it should have been, you know, he should have had to go back and take yeah. a kick. But for some reason, the umpire let it play on. And, yeah, Staz got caught out a bit and bang and... Tiny, but we went back to centre. Bloody siren went, and so we we're under a goal. Who knows what would have happened if we uh, played in the grand final? That you know, that and and who knows what would have happened, happened if, with with, with RO. Yeah. If we never what would have happened with RO because uh, you know I think the reason came out inability to win a premiership or something like that. I can't remember yeah. now, but I thought it was pretty harsh actually. But um, yeah, that 
certainly caused the ruckus, uh, the uh, sacking of uh, Robert Odie, that's for sure. And then the arrival of Bob Hammond, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, um, a bit <laughs> a bit chalk and cheese between Robert Odie yeah. and Robert Hammond. I mean, uh, uh, Robert, as I said before, was a, a pure teacher of the, the football skills where uh, Bob Hammond was more... He got the best out of us. He knew he, he had a side that had all the skills. And uh, by that time, Ross Dillon had joined us, so there's more experience. And also, I think, Rodney Pope and Greg Rick Nicholson Wilson. had joined yep. us. Yep. So all of a sudden, we've got a, you know, a few hundred-game players uh, in there, and, uh, and Bob knew that there was some plenty of skill there. He just needed to, I think, bring that extra bit out of us. And I think that's what Bob supplied. He, he bought that extra 10 or 20%, whatever you need to win finals. He certainly bought that out of... Uh, out of all of us guys. And my, I guess, my game changed under him. Um, you know, Robert Odie told me I was never to fly from an overhead mark. And so for five years, I never did. Yeah. Um, he said, your position's on the ground and all the other big guys, you know, fly for the yep. ball. We use yep. your kicking ability on the ground. But And I never used to chase a half-back flanker. If he wanted to wander off, I'd, I'd let him go. I'd wait for the turnover, Ash. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Woody. Easy one out of the back. <laughs> but you couldn't do that under Bob Hammond. No. no. If you, you know, if they had the ball and you didn't defend, you, uh, you wouldn't last uh, wouldn't last long. So, yeah, I, I, I certainly changed. I went for more marks and all that sort of gear, and I think Bob Hammond developed me into a better player, a more all-round player as far as, you know, the, my defensive side of the game. I, I didn't have a defensive bone in my body for the first five years, but that certainly changed under Bob Hammond. Actually, probably 75, on to 75, and I, I reckon the prelim final in terms of individual games in Nord footy club's history gets forgotten a little bit where Greg Turbo six goals in the 75 pre, against Cunningham and Kale. Yep. And best on ground by the length of the Fleming and straight, people just still don't realise it with, with Turbs either, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was just so courageous, so gutsy. We all know that. But uh, we, we had some good success against Port in preliminary finals. Yes. Uh, at the time that I played, it was at least three, I think, we won um, against them in those, those those years. Yeah, two or three. But, um, yeah, that, that would have hurt them. You know, the old rivalry in Northern Port is... Uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. Still always a, has been, always will be. Yeah, I was about to say it's still as strong today as it ever has been. I think so. Yeah, and it's just the guys that come into the club, whether they're they're quite new, it doesn't take them long to to know the history about yeah. what you know Nord v Port is is all about. That's for sure. So in in that year, you lost your first two games, but then went on a bit of a winning streak of sixteen games. Yeah, that was. Um, that was 1975. In fact, yeah. I, Ashley probably knows this. That record probably still exists. The yes. most number of yeah, winning is. games at, at, in, a, in a row for Nord, and particularly at Nord Oval. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think that still stands. Yeah, and, I uh, think so. It got close under Bass with that, but I, th- I, I think that's still the – I think it's still in front. I will double-check that out, actually, interestingly. Yeah. We'll do that. That's, that's why in – like, it, it's really interesting. We won all those games in – and including beating the Bays that year, is this is seventy five? Yeah, you know, the, my first premiership and you know, the club's first for as everyone knows twenty five years. And and we were quite uh, as a group 
we were quite astounded that they were absolutely almost raging red-hot favourites yeah. in the grand final. And, and, you know, we'd beat them during the year. Sure, they smashed us in the second semi, but we still felt confident, you know, we we, we could handle them in, in, in the grand final. So I, I just remember, and I don't know if people will know this, but in 19... Leading up to the grand final, all the all the stuff of, in the paper was all glenilled. Yeah, photos, yeah. articles, everything, and that was that was done for a reason. Um, Bob Hammond and Wally Miller came to and said, "Right, there will be no interviews." Um, I was asked to go by by uh, on Barry Ingham's show, you know, with Peter Plus. Yeah. And uh, on a Friday morning, no, that got ruled out. That got cancelled. So the only stage photo we have was Graham Dunstan sitting in Premier Don Dunstan's chair on the, I think it was a photo Saturday morning of the grand final. That was the only stage publicity shot of that whole week. And so um, every time you picked up a paper or heard the radio, it was all Glenelg, Glenelg, Glenelg. And I know as a player, that was really pissing me off. And, that, yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was and that's what it was designed for. We, you know, we, we, we were sort of really, really motivated by by Bob Hammond. His his uh, the Friday night at his place before the grand final was just fantastic, really good. The way that he motivated us, we we were so confident when we ran out. We knew it'd be a tough game, and, and in the end it was. It was only was it nine goals to seven goals or something. Nine, so nine goals, always, ten to seven goals, ten. Yep. Yeah, it was always going to be a, a tough game with you know the defence on both sides were were pretty good and on top, so it was a dour game. But uh, we just knew we had the commitment to. Uh, and I reckon they might have been a little bit complacent. I heard Cornsy mention that many years later, that they might have, you know, just got a bit complacent, a bit ahead of themselves, and maybe that was due to all their publicity they got leading up to that week. It was just a matter of them running out and knocking us over like they did in the second semi. Yeah, I could never work, I could never work that out. Okay, Staz, Staz had got injured in the prelim, so he was an important out. But we had won 16, 16 in a row, and I'm sitting there going... This is a fifty-fifty yeah. game, and the way it was created, you would have thought that we were bottom and Glenelg were top. It was bizarre <laughs> how, how much they were favourites. And yeah. okay, we knew, we knew we were a good side. Oh bloody yeah, oath! They were too. They were yeah. too. So as you said, it's yeah, you know, all grand finals. We know they're fifty-fifty, and uh, that's been proven over the journeys. Quite often, the uh, the underdog gets up. Now, Pete, there was. But I don't a... reckon we, we should never have been underdogs that day. No. Opinion. Yeah, I, as I said, I right. think it should have been a toss of the coin. Now, Pete, there was a very significant happening on, on that day, on that grand final. Would he kick one of his eight right foot goals in the grand final? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, read it off hands. On the right foot. Mind you, Jimmy Lawson's right on my hammer. Only, yes. All I could do was throw it on my right foot. I couldn't do anything else. So I was a bit lucky, but we'll take it. Because there been weren't a bit many of, goals that day. It's weren't been a bit of goals. a standard joke with Woody that every time I found one of his right foot goals somewhere on YouTube or, or footy, I'd send it. No, no, I'd find it and send it through to Woody and he'd go, bloody hell, where did you find that? And I'd go, I think I've only got two to go now, Woody. You know, it became like a homework assignment. Yep. Yeah, I reckon you've got four of them on, on video somewhere, actually, yeah. haven't you? So, yeah. <laughs> a, bit, a bit like Kevin Bartlett's handball. There's not so, too many handballs. So, so. Uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you got together the Friday night before the grand final. Was that just a bit of a, a barbie and a get-together for everybody to calm yeah, the nerves no, no, a bit? No, no, that was just the, uh, just the 20 players. Yep. 20 players and the coach, yep. And 
yeah, the Friday night at, at Bob's place at Walkerville there, and uh, no, he went in his back room out there and uh, and uh, had our team meeting and who was doing what and who's standing who and got through all that and and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was very good. And from memory, I don't, we, we never did that too often. Yeah. But obviously, being the first grand final we'd been in for 25 years, then Bob obviously thought it's pretty special and we need to really get focused. And, and we were anyway. You know, when you got guys like Winnie and Dillo and those sort of senior players, yep. it, uh, it was good. Yep. And afterwards, what, how, yeah, obviously relief, but just excitement. It was our first flag in 25, you know, as we said, in 25 years. Just you, your memories of that of that night and that week, Woody. <laughs> well, it's a long time ago, Ash. You know, yeah, uh, I know that. Can I just tell you one little story that it will stay with me until the time I fall off the perch? Is that um, my father saw the 1950 grand final at premiership, yep. and I, I was one month old. And the next one he sees, I'm playing in it, yeah. and he got down to the rooms. And which I'm, I'm glad they let him in, yep. and it was just unbelievable, emotional. With you know, not real big huggers of Woodcock family, but this yeah. particular night and yeah. day was fantastic. And I, I still remember as young as Neil Craig was, he's probably only nineteen or twenty. Yeah, nine, he came, he came up to the two of us and hugged us, and he looked at my dad and he said, "We did it for you, Mister Woody." Yeah, and I've never ever forgotten that. I've often mentioned that to Craig. He can't remember saying it, but. I've I've never never forgotten that. And then, you know, you go out and see, you know, my two brothers played in the sixties. Yeah. Not and you know, hardly any success. So, you know, they were pretty uh, pretty emotional like we all were. And then from memory I think we went back to Walker's Arms or somewhere for a tea and we didn't get back to Nord over about nine and then yeah, you, you were there actually on the. West no, I was. I was only twelve, but my parents wouldn't let me go. Do you, do you think I've oh. still? I've still got the. You know, I'll get over that. And nineteen seventy eight of all schools, Nord High program a school camp in grand final week. That's right. Do you, I know, you think? Yeah, I'll, no. yeah. I haven't half still got a grudge over that one, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, that's the only Nord flag I've never seen. Oh I, I my say, yeah. god. Wow. I got, it was in the Flinders, and when we won, I got thrown in this river and got up with a scarf, <laughs> holding the scarf above my head, obviously, and I do remember how freaking cold, cold it was. Cold it was, yeah. Wow. But get, getting back to the – Yes. The, uh, after the, the 75, the club, because the Redlegs Club was in full swing then. Yeah. Because that got built not in whenever it was, 70, 71 or something. So that was in full swing, and you can imagine what that was like, yeah. packed. And, and I remember uh, the crowd was, well, I don't know, it must have been 5,000 there in front of the Western Stound, filling half of Norwood Oval up. It was, yeah, it was an exciting time, that's for sure. Then we move on. So 76 a little bit. Disappointing and and seven and seventy seven and then the build up for our centenary year in seventy eight, where we recruited pretty heavily, the argy yep. bargy over Brian Adamson. We eventually get him over the line, and full credit to uh, uh, Glenn McMahon and Wally and all that for that eventually happening because there were plenty of times when it didn't look like it had happened. And then through through you know. We get beaten in the final. Then again, yes, another prelim final where we beat Port. Um, yep. Through to the grand final. And just that day, as you know, we 
or 16, 15 to 14, 26. Any good Nord supporter remembers that to the nth degree. And every Sturt supporter yeah, will remind us of it. One point in mind, <laughs> yep. and even I still may have bought that up uh, last Friday night. Um, <laughs> we, we, know, we might not be welcome at Sturt if we keep ah, on our way here, but hey, it's all good. <laughs> um, oh, I was only banter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, and we were lucky enough that Sturt kicked for goal ter- terribly. Terribly, yep. Because they were an incredible side oh, that yeah. year. They only lost one one game against West Adelaide for the for the season, but yeah, yeah. memories of that day as well. Oh, yeah, and we could probably yeah, go look, on for look, that I, for ages. I, I, I still vividly remember that day, and I'll tell you why. Um, yeah, sure, we probably should have been ten goal behind it, yep. uh, whatever. But you know, three quarter time, and, and as a player, you don't remember too much of what coaches say or anything yeah. like that over a period of but to this day actually that and I think I've told you about this that that rev up that Bob Hammond gave us at three yeah. quarter time was absolutely instrumental in us getting over the line and 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 I won't forget it because you know we're five goals down mm. you know just hanging around sort of you know they they were helping us by their bad kicking yeah. and I remember Going into the you know the the, the uh, three quarter time yeah. and and Hamo strode strode out and he he just looked at all of us and he went a three sixty circle and he said if, if any guy here thinks that we cannot win this game then f off sort of yeah. thing yeah. oh straight away he's uh, he's got our attention and then he just he went on about how fit we were. They're unfit. Look at them all with their – we were off half a dozen guys had yep. their socks down. Uh, we will – and he said – and I remember this. He said, when we kick the first three goals – not not if. When we kick the first three goals, we'll run over the top of these bars. Da, 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 da. Yep. Well, out we and, – and I reckon when we went out, I reckon there were 21 guys that thought we could win that. Yep. That's 20 players and, uh, and, and Bob. Yep. And we kicked those first three goals. All of a sudden – Game on. We're only two behind. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't don't remember is that we kicked seven goal five that last quarter. Yeah, we, and we actually hit we the front. Home. Yeah, we hit we the front. Hurt. We hit the yeah. front a reasonable way out, and then we missed a couple where we yeah. could have easily gone seven seven a couple of goals up, and we actually might have ended up running running right away. But yeah, we oh, did no, run. Yeah, we, we, we did run all over them. Yeah, we 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 just proved that we were we were pretty fit that day. And uh, once again, I think another side would probably might have been a bit complacent, and their bad kicking certainly helped us. But um, yeah, we we uh, you know everyone goes on about that the mark that was given to Gags, but you know we we ran over the top of that. And you you mentioned before about Brian Addison, you know he might have only played for us for one and a half. Yeah. seasons, but wow, what a game he played! Yeah. Ten half forward, five goals, five just. Goals. Outstanding. He was fantastic. I reckon there's another thing there, that another part of that day, which isn't really known, and we can be probably still a little bit careful about it, but a certain Sturt player may have kept Michael Kingo-Taylor waiting for over an hour down on a farm as captain, and Kingo to, the, Kingo to this day still had... He, it's probably... Ed Steam out of his ears, and if, <laughs> if, there, if there was a Jack Odie medal back then, Kingo wins it in 78 and 80, with, without a doubt. You know? And yeah, Baggy, yeah. Baggy didn't help himself with that, big time. No, no, he certainly... Uh, he certainly got Kingo a bit rolled up oh. to sort of, uh, you know, to 
to have a photo taken, then you've got to walk a bloody kilometre out to his tractor on the farm. Yeah, King, I wasn't impressed. Oh. We're not impressed. And uh, he's... He's still dirty to this day. <laughs> and it takes a fair bit to rile, King A.T., just quietly. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Amazing. Yes. So, hey, can we can we just back up a little bit to yeah. uh, 77? Hang on, Mark, can I hardly hear you. Sorry. That's it. Yep, got you. Um, yeah. Can we back up a little bit to um, 78 where you pumped uh, Carlton by 106 points? What a great night that was, too. Yeah, that's... Um Considering Carlton really... are coming to town this week, so I thought I'd chuck that one in. Yeah. And I'm a Blues supporter, yeah. so I want to hear what you guys uh, did to uh, Carlton in '78. Uh, yeah, that was '76. Uh, uh, Nord, Nord Oval full. Yeah. Oh, that was about. There must have been fifteen thousand there. Yeah. On a, I don't know what night it was. I think it was a week night actually. Yeah, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. And it's big. and and uh, one of the things that we did. <laughs> yeah, that was a. No, that was a actually. When did we? You, you yeah, know, we, when did we put the uh, stuff under our eyes? Is that the art of? Yeah, stuff? yeah, that was then. And oh I no, read, no, what? We, yeah, no, what we did with the swap Carlton, the numbers. We changed our, yes, we changed our numbers. Yes. So all the forward line, oh. six of us in the forward line, we all swapped our Guernseys because we knew that we knew that Carlton would just memorise. Uh, they'd go number ten, Woodcock, left footer, da da da. Oh, well, I was wearing brilliant. number. I reckon you were nine, I, I reckon. Nine or, nine or 11 yeah. you were either wore. I, know yeah, I, think it was it was I think it was nine. Yeah. Nine or 11. Yeah. Brilliant then, tactic. Uh, you know, Winnie was another number, and I can't even remember the numbers now, but all six of us changed it. And also, at the first bounce, we all six of us gathered at centre-half forward. We didn't go to the six spots that you had back then. We all just gathered at centre-half forward, and then when the ball was bounced, we uh, we went our separate ways, and I think the ball was... We got the first centre bounce, and yeah, when he kicked the point, he should have got the goal, but that would have been a good start. But so they didn't really know what was going on for probably a quarter. Oh, but, uh, what yeah, a tactic a good boy by, by Bob Hammond. I still love the commentary in that wow. game too, where you no, can't you miss that. I still love the commentary in that game too, where Nord taking it right up to Carlton, and then uh, and Neil Curley goes, "Of course they are, they're a good side." <laughs> and then when we're about fifteen goals up the last quarter, Curley just suddenly goes, "Nord still taking it right up to Carlton." <laughs> we were we were ten up at half time. Yeah, we absolutely creamed them, and then. I think the forgotten premiership to some extent at Nord was the night premiership where where we beat East Perth and all that. And that David Armour, Ross Glenn, Denning, uh, Kelly, yeah. McCowcheck, they had Melrose, they had a very strong side and that was a great game yeah. that night. Trevor yeah, Sapwell's yeah. finest hour. Yeah, they did have a good side, didn't they? I remember those names. Yeah, Glenn Denning, he was a bloody big man. Yep. Yeah, no, they, they were... They were good wins against interstate side like that. Yeah, yep. And then we moved through to 1980 and uh, 80, where we 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 came through. And geez, we nearly pinched it against one of the great mm. port sides. Let Let's not forget how good that port side port side was with you know Mark yep. Williams, Greg Phillips, Tim Evans, like that. A really strong spine. And Kingo, to Russell's credit, too. Russell admit, admitted that was the biggest pants-down job he ever got in his career, where Kingo was just incredible that day. And yeah. we very yeah. nearly got over the line against one of, as I said, a great port side. If we'd, if we'd had Hugo Colasanti, yes. we yes. would have won that. 
Yeah. Oh, no doubt. He he was an outstanding ruck that year, and then he uh, sliced his finger off a week work. before the grand yeah. final. It worked, work excellent. So we went in with very, very depleted uh, ruck, and he was just had a great year, and he would have carried the rucks for us. And I've got no doubt that we I reckon we would have just about won that. And I remember that 1980 was the first year that Channel 2 televised it nationally. And and it was a really good game of footy too. Yeah. I mean, we we got to four points, twenty minute mark of the last quarter, yeah. but just but it was a bloody hot day. It was about twenty nine degrees, and we'd and we'd come from fifth. Yes. So we were we were cooked a little bit, and they just had a bit more juice on us in the end. So, uh, but yeah, it was a pretty good game of footy though. And was uh, that the first year that Neil Barmer arrived? Yep. Correct. So it was. Yep. Yep. And and when he arrived, we lost our first five or six games. Yeah. And we thought, oh shit, you know, this is going to be a bloody long year. And uh, anyway, we started to string a few together, and I think it might have been the second or last game we snuck into the snuck into the five. So we uh, went from fifth to almost uh, almost first, but not quite, not quite. Yeah, so yeah was, that was Barmy's first year. Yeah, he, we beat Torrens uh, in the elimination. I think the fifth semi, and then Port in the prelim. Fifth semi, struggling. I'm embarrassed, Woody, on this one. I can't remember who we beat we've the first stumped, semi. We've yeah. stumped you. I'm not happy with myself. We're going to have to look that one up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, obviously Neil Baum coming to the club there, you know, what yep. what did uh, what did he bring um, compared to, to Bobby Hammond? Well, it was a bit um, – it was quite refreshing, actually, because, uh, you know, Bob's, Bob's a really tough, really hard taskmaster. And, uh, you know, you didn't get a lot of um, – a lot, of, a lot of praise for Bob. You're expected to do your, your job and all that sort of gear. And when when Barmy came, he uh, he was just so enthusiastic. You know, being a young 27, 28-year-old coach, he was really, really enthusiastic uh, with, with the, the caper. And uh, he had a lot to learn. He admitted that himself. Um, but when he said, uh, we'll teach you. <laughs> Glenelg in the first and, uh, semi too. But, but he was a fantastic bloke and just uh, had a, a, a Incredible presence about him, but um, he just um, enjoyed the way we were playing, and uh, he encouraged that. And he was very enthusiastic with his with his praise for for guys, and if they did a good job. Whereas uh, you know, Bob was a bit the opposite. So that was a refreshing sort of change of coaching style. Um, but I think he might have been a bit on the uh, I won't say soft side, but a bit. Uh, he could have been a bit harder on yeah. on players, and maybe a few players took a few liberties. But I think he, and actually, you know better than that because I finished by eighty one. I think he toughened up actually and started to, you know, to be a bit harder on players and, and get the, get the best out of. Them. Mind you, he he just he loved to give a serve. I got it on the end of one of his sprays half time. That's for sure. Barmy so admit, could... Barmy admits that himself. He, he and I said, I've spoken about it at length with him and. He said, yeah, but, you know, that was me. My strength was probably my weakness as well. So Barmy was always very open yeah, and honest about that That's human nature well. too, yeah. that when you come yeah. into a new environment, you don't want to upset too many people too soon. But once you start to get into it a bit, then you can uh, let rip, as you said. Yeah, yeah. No, he he, he was um, – and as, as you know, he knows him a bit of me. He was just a terrific bloke. And uh, every time he just loves Norwood, yes. he can't wait to get back. When he comes back to Adelaide, he just loves getting out to Norwood. It's great to see him. No, he's uh, we've seen him a few times actually over the yes. last couple of years with yeah. Hall of Fame stuff when he got inducted in the Hall of Fame and all that. He was just gobsmacked. 
Oh, he's so very well. firm in pointing out that Nord's is his club. Even spiritual home. Yeah, even interviewing him in Melbourne with the Adelaide Uni yeah. function a few weeks ago, and he had Richmond faithful there. They were sort of yep. a few of them were a bit dumbfounded. With said one of the one of the guys came up and said, "She said I didn't realise he had such a connection to Nord." And that, and I thought that was quite an interesting comment coming from a Richmond fanatic that he'd actually picked it up that, you know, there I I am probably knowing obviously Barmy's and he and heard Barmy and spoken about it at length with him over the years, to, and to hear someone else go, and I thought, geez, he Barmy, you know, so he is firm. And then let's go to eighty one. Look, abs. One of my favourite memories is you kicking your six hundredth goal. And uh, Rich, and Cochran, Billy Cochran, shaking your hand. I thought it was great sportsmanship as you'd taken the mark in front of him at the parade yep. end. You were actually at full forward virtually at that stage, Woody. Very, one of the very few times <laughs> in your career. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, uh, um, I got dropped the following week. <laughs> yeah, but we won't mention that. But, yeah, you know, I just thought no, 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 no. it was great. You kicked your 600th, the roar from the crowd – you can tell you were emotional about it on the ground too, and so you bloody should have been. It, it, it is one of the great highlights as a Nord man. You know? And let's not forget, we will come back to that, we do have an end called the Roger Woodcock end at Nord Oval, mm-hmm. and I don't think you can get two bigger compliments more than that, and I know how much that means to you, Woody, and the Woodcock yep. family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was I was pretty blown away a few years ago when the, the president... And the board sort of bestowed that on upon me, and I, I just um, didn't think I deserved that or was worthy of that. But um, yeah, I was very humbled by it, and I was very shocked by it. There's no doubt about that. And, and I, and going on with that, actually, I've been trying to lobby to the club that the northern end, uh, the southern end, should be named the Bruce Shilton yes. because he's yep. the greatest yep. kicker in the Norwood Footy Club, and 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 obviously, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, last year, so um, and I know that James Fantasia is keen to sort of do that. I mean, there's so much happening at the moment, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, but I'm sure that that will happen. That the southern end will be the Bruce Schultz end, so you'll have the two biggest goal kickers in the North Footy Club, whose ends are named after them. So, and, and, and so, so it should be. Yeah, I agree. I don't. Maybe I, I might be wrong, but I don't think I don't think 600 goals is going to be. Um, and Bruce kicked 669. I don't think that's going to be in, in today's modern no, SNFL footy. No. The, the guys aren't going to last long enough. No, no way in the world. So, no, I reckon you're very safe. One. I reckon you you are very yeah. safe with that one, Woody. And if someone does that, well, that's fantastic. But I think uh, in today's footy, I think it's those two those two goal kicking records will probably stay at Nord. I would think. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm really hoping that the, the club, and I'm sure they will eventually get round to it and do the Bruce Schultz uh, end of the southern southern end. Were, were you happy to get your 600th at, at the parade? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh definitely. I I, I didn't I didn't think because um, I was, I, was str- I must admit I was struggling that final year. I had uh, a bit of injury, a bit of illness, um, couldn't get a kick. And I was on the bench that day for the, that was the second last minor round yeah, game. Of second, yeah, I was on the bench and I, I got on and luckily I kicked that uh, kicked that goal. And then um, yeah, I got uh, I got dropped to my final game in '81 uh, of the minor round was in the uh, in reserves against Port down at um, Footy Park. Yep. So I sat up there watching the the game and I think and the boys got up 
that uh, Peter Lachlan rolled his ankle. Yes, anyway, that's right. Uh, I was trying to think who but, got injured. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't think too much of that. I thought, well, my career is... Because I was sort of probably going to give it away at the end of 81. And, you know, he rolled his ankle. I didn't think too much about it. Anyway, uh, I thought, well, I played my last game uh, for the club in the twos, unfortunately. Anyway, Sunday night, Barmy rings me up and said, uh, you're going to be in the... Uh, in the league side on Saturday against Westies. Yep. Oh, shit. Well, on the uh, on the bench, he said, no, I'm going to play you in the starting 18 because of your finals experience. So, you know, I've played 24 yep. finals or something. Yep. So he's, he's given me a rev up. I trained the house <laughs> down in the week. And uh, I remember this. We I'd kick, I think I'd kick one goal through the first quarter and I hit the post. I thought, oh, I'll... I'll, I'll snag a few today, and that'll put the pressure on the selectors because we were going to win by ten, which we, yep. which we did. Anyway, I uh, snapped the cruise in the second quarter, yeah. and game over. Yeah, right and, in front of the uh, scoreboard, and career over. Mm. But uh, that's footy, and uh, yeah, and I remember sitting up there watching the boys in the eighty-one preliminary final playing against Glenelg when the wind changed. Yeah, and the Bays had it for three quarters because they go on and uh, play Port Adelaide in there. Yeah. Grand final. And Woody, so, uh, Woody yep. you've always been a part of Nord Footy Club um, since you've retired as well. You've know, been on commi- past player committee and and now a big part of the history committee. Always appreciate the photos you send through very quickly when I am writing an article. Uh, and that, you know, give, go through you just to inform people of your involvement and probably explains a bit more your huge Nord connection. With the, with the history group, yeah, and just since you know, yeah, since I'm just losing you a bit there. I think, yeah, look, um, we we started the history group, and and Michael Colling was a big instigator of it, and um, he went to Wally Miller, and and Wally sort of got the committee up and running, and so that was about 2010 from memory, something like that, and um, yeah, I think Michael asked me in probably that year, but. We had about a half a dozen that started the history group committee, which Wally was really, really wrapped in to, uh, you know, to try and uh, keep all the memorabilia and, uh, and and everything like that that goes in with organise a, a history group. And we preserved a lot of the stuff. And uh, um, so that was 2010. And we've just grown, as you well know, actually into a probably one of the best history groups of the SNFL, yep. and I think our website would yes. be it's the, the best, best history website in the SNFL. Oh, keep going, not uh, just SNFL. Keep going, Woody, on that one. Hang on, I can hardly hear you, mate. Keep going, not just SNFL, Woody. I, I, you know, Luke Reynolds, who I've got a lot of time for, is a big, he's a big Collingwood man. But don't hold that against him, but he's very firm that the Nord site is the best footy site in Australia, and there are you know people around the traps do enforce that real footy people say how good and full credit to you guys of how good the side is. Um, There's plenty of people around who who consider the Nord website the best football website in the country. So it's something all you guys on the history committee, Winton, Walshie, et cetera, et cetera, you guys should be immensely proud of. Yeah, yeah, we are. I mean, uh, that that website that we developed about five or six years ago 
and a lot of credit to Anthony Harvey. Yeah, Sir Anthony Harvey was fantastic. Yeah, 90, yeah 97 Premiership aside, and that's his that's his go. And when we went and saw him, and he put all this together, and that's just and it's just grown and grown and grown with all the information. Like we've got, it's fifteen hundred guys have played league footy for Nord, and we've got photos for about fourteen hundred of them. Yeah, and I reckon we've got profiles for about nearly a thousand thousand footballers that the the guys have done work on research and all that sort of gear. So. It's a significant, uh, you know, piece of work, and uh, and it's getting better, and uh, we're starting to put some action photos in, and now this is all, as you know, actually leading up to hopefully getting a museum and yeah. and, and getting some of our memorabilia out on display, and uh, that's happening as we uh, as we speak now. We're trying to develop a sort of a small type museum under the Western Stand, yes. and that'll be a forerunner to when. And hopefully the uh, the club acquire the RSL as a big cultural and learning centre, and the and the a bigger museum will be uh, be developed in there. So that's the plans of the of James Fantasia and the board. So uh, stay tuned in the next probably couple of years, and the, that'll uh, that'll work out hopefully. That'll be fantastic. So um, should be good. Now, did I read somewhere that you're a keen cricketer as well? Electric light cricketer, one of the famous names yeah. in 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 South Australia, and electric light cricket, Woody. And I yep. rec- yeah, and I reckon it. I think it finished in about two thousand five. So I had a you know forty odd years, forty five years playing electric light cricket, and that was huge back in the seventies. And then it sort of fell away when indoor cricket came in. Yeah, public liability insurance came in, and uh, young kids wanted to know more and interested in bowling uh, overarm with a part of ball and bowling underarm with a tennis ball <laughs> that literally like cricket had. So, uh, yeah, but that was, that was good fun. And, uh, but, you know, we couldn't get any young kids involved. So eventually uh, we couldn't get teams and eventually uh, there weren't enough teams to make it viable to continue in the early 2000s. Did, did I also re- read that uh, a famous uh, sportsman who we've actually interviewed on this show, Mr. 159, uh, Participated in in that yes. uh, series, Wayne Phillips certainly played a lot of electric light cricket. Talking no, about I, flip, I, flipper played electric light cricket. It was a, a big part of it. Uh, Woody, now you're a, a play golf at Tea Tree Gully. Yep, yeah, I've been a member up there uh, oh nearly fifty years. That shows how old I'm getting. And uh, yeah, that's a passion of mine. Um, uh, I used to get. A bit angry and a bit frustrated, like every golfer does. But uh, I've uh, I must be getting mature now, mate. I don't get as angry anymore because I just realise I just realise I'm a you know 15 handicapper and that'll do me. Got to play 15 or 20 bad shots around. I've got to accept it. No, I, couldn't, I couldn't accept it 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Fair enough. Now, Woody, you be you're one of the South Australian greats, the leading half forward flanker in South Australian footy history. Absolute privilege to have you on the show tonight, Woody, and uh, all the best. All the best, and uh, I've got a feeling that the scoreboard this weekend may be barracking for James Ace, just a tad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, I've enjoyed it, boys, and uh, thanks for the invite. And uh, we'll catch you around you at the club, actually. No worries. Definitely. Thanks, Woody. Thank you. Okay. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. We've just been speaking to Roger Woodcock and, uh, you know, that that period through the uh, mid-70s uh, was not only a, uh, 
a, a bouncing around time for him, and but the Nord Footy Club really rose from the ashes and, and scored a very, very good win. I oh, and just wrapped to have Woody Woody on the show. You know, the smooth skills, beautiful kick onto that left foot, or the textbook kick, you know. Might have been where Woody Woody actually stands reasonably close to the scoreboard and we may yell out as someone misses a goal, get Woodcock on and <laughs> you know, get him out of the wheelchair and out there to kick the goal. Yep. But yeah. And look, a huge amount of respect for Woody as a person as well. Absolutely. He's still heavily involved at Nord Nord on the history committee and past players wise and all that thing. Now nah, he he's a great he's a great football SNFL. Man. Absolutely, and we did touch on that during the interview that uh, he is involved uh, with the history committee and, and rightly so that uh, it's starting to get the accolades not only from here within South Australia but there's uh, other states that are taking notice of what Nord are doing with their, uh, the their history Leg- committee. Yeah, and the Redlegs Museum and what he mentioned, uh, Anthony Harvey's uh, influence Sir Anthony, the captain from 97 when Macca was suspended and Haas has been, been great with that and set a lot of things up and it, yeah, it is, as Luke Reynolds, the great man uh, refers to it, it's a lesson for every other club and he's a big Collingwood man and he goes on the Nord site just because he thinks it's a great site yep. and enjoys looking through things. Someone that supports the black and white doesn't doesn't mind a bit of red and blue, that's, uh, that's unusual. Yeah, he may have. Maybe a little bit of influence this way. <laughs> but we thank him for listening, of yes. course, and uh, giving some feedback uh, as we uh, we post our episodes as well. 